Nick, I can feel your anger. Use your I'll hatred. never join you. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. Let's talk some Star Wars, baby. Let's go. All right, welcome back to A Little Bit of Nerd, your recreation destination for all things nerdy. Today, we're going to a galaxy far, far away, and joining me on my Millennium Falcon is none other than Mr. Nick Swenson, my Star Wars guru. Nick, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm glad you're putting me on the spot. Hells yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Entertainment Weekly did their, well, it's pretty much annual now, uh, their Star Wars spread. They released some covers we got. We got Old Man Luke, and we got Ray, possibly Kenobi mm. Skywalker, and we got Poe and Finn, and of course the late great, uh, um, you know, Princess Leia herself, Carrie Fisher. Uh, yeah, so we, what we're gonna do is kind of go over this, and uh, particularly we're gonna go over some things that Mark Hamill said about Luke's character. And because Nick is on our show today, we're gonna get some deep cuts and some deep sweaty predictions out of this young man i'm gonna use him for the all the force that he has uh for my own benefit and turn him to the dark side of this podcast so anyways so nick uh have you had a chance to look at these photos from entertainment weekly i have i saw them the day they came out oh my gosh it just gets me even more excited doesn't it uh which one was your favorite if you had to pick one uh like which one are you going to be like you know if 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 push comes to shove, you want to get blown up and put into a poster and put it on your wall in your room. Uh, definitely the uh, pictures of the Praetorian guards, uh, Snoke's new like personal guards. Yes, they just yes. look so ba, and they just look really cool. Dude, don't they look like kind of um, like they remind me of samurai? Like it looks like uh, Ronin armor almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I just I can't wait to see how they play into the movie. Hopefully they're not just standing in the back like Palpatine's guards were in Return of the Jedi. And somebody like Yoda can just come in and throw them on a wall and they're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Short work of those guys. Um, my favorite's probably the one of Luke. I don't, I'm like, I'm a traditionalist, I guess. I just think seeing uh, Mark Hamill with the full beard and the kind of darker uh, color scheme on his, uh, his robe is, is really cool to see on, on those Entertainment Weekly photos. Oh yeah, definitely. I love it. I love it a lot. So uh, in the in the, in the uh, Entertainment Weekly article, they interviewed the cast, you know, like they do for movies and such. But uh, they interviewed Mark Hamill, and uh, he had some some things to say about his character and uh, Luke Skywalker in in the in the sense of where the story goes. Uh, you know, uh, as far as the uh, character development goes, uh, specifically, he um, he said, you know, when I first read it all, uh, my jaw dropped. Uh, he said. What would make someone that alienated from his original convictions? That's not something you can just make up in an afternoon, and I really struggle with this thing. Uh, when he first initially got the script from, uh, for the, you know, the Last Jedi, because I don't know if you heard, but he was really against where Luke was at the beginning of the story. So dabble on that for a bit for me, from your knowledgeable point of view. Oh, man, I, it's honestly gotten me really nervous when I read uh, Mark Hamill's interview. I, I was expecting him to just be kind of defeated in a, and just kind of like, oh, I tried to start the Jedi, and 
it didn't really work out. But from this, it's sounding like Luke is just completely giving up on any chance of there being Jedi. Yeah, and um, you know, for the weird people that haven't seen the original trilogy, at the end of Return of the Jedi, Luke, to our knowledge, is the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy that we know of, and he's on this heroic quest, and he's rebuilding the Jedi Order, which we all know happens if you haven't seen The Force Awakens. He did rebuild it. You know, he he recruited enough Force-sensitive people, and he got this new Jedi Order off the ground, and and my, my the thing that fascinates me, I think, the most is not only is there a threat of, of Kylo Ren now, um, you know, the the supposed, well, I guess we'll get into more about Kylo Ren in the next segment. But my, my question, you know, the thing that fascinated me when I read this article was what on earth could possibly scare Luke Skywalker, you know? Yeah. Because uh, uh, I, I, I don't know if he's scared per se, because like you said, he's the most powerful Jedi in the Star Wars galaxy and in interviews, George Lucas has even said that in the old canon before Lucas sold everything to Disney, he said mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker is the most powerful force user. That's true. So, That's true. I don't know if Luke is scared. I think he is just broken. He he poured everything into Kylo Ren to Ben Solo uh, when he tried to start the Jedi over and he failed. Yeah, and that's a great segue into the next bit of that article. Um, specifically, they say that, uh, or Mark Hamill kind of reveals more of the story that when Kylo was born, uh, apparently himself, Leia, and uh, you know other. Apparently, at this point in time, you know the the order was going well. So I'm gonna assume in my head canon that other Jedi's that he had, had been training that were kind of upper level. He, there was a sense of of great uh, force whenever you know he was born. Like there was a there was a not a disturbance, but a kind of a vibration of wow, this is a really powerful kid. And apparently he he thought of Kylo being the chosen one. So what do you think about that comment coming out of Mark Hamill that he thought Kylo Ren was the chosen one? It wasn't even his father or himself. As a Star Wars guru, I, just, I think that means. Potentially, we could have another layer to this prophecy that's been going throughout the Star Wars uh, films since the beginning. And I think uh, when Luke went to find the first Jedi Temple, I think he found something else that maybe changed his opinion on who the Chosen One is or what the Chosen One's supposed to do. Absolutely. And it also, him naming Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, as the Chosen One, in his opinion... That just shows you how much this broke Luke. When Kylo Ren became Kylo Ren and went to the dark side, that is to the same aspect of Obi-Wan watching Luke fall to the dark side. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. So I think Luke is hiding out uh, because he feels like he has brought on this great darkness to the galaxy. Absolutely. And I I think it's interesting now because we've taken this crazy mythos from Star Wars, right? And we've taken this prophecy, but now we've made it it's a subjective thing now because mm-hmm. you know, cuz when they when they originally thought Anakin was or when Qui-Gon thought Anakin was the chosen one, he was wrong. And so did Obi-Wan. And the council was like, "I don't know if he's the one, dude." Um <laughs> low key they were kind of right. Um, but, and now we're sent, and now we see the turn of it where Luke thought, Hey, th- maybe this guy is the one, uh, to bring balance to the force. And obviously he was wrong. So I think it's interesting that they, again, like, like you uh, had pointed out, they add another layer to this prophecy where 
now it's like, okay, yes, there's a prophecy of a chosen one, but nobody's ever going to know who it actually is because it seems to be subjective. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, once this interview came out, uh, I believe that in the trailer where we got to hear Luke finally speak for the first time since Return of the Jedi, uh, when he said it's time for the Jedi to end, I don't... At, when I first saw that, I thought Luke was going to try to bring on uh, a new order of Force users. I thought he was going to try to bring down the legalistic version of the mm. Jedi and try to create a more go-with-the-flow kind of order, a bit closer to the gray Jedi. Interesting. But, uh, reading this interview, I think Luke is... this. We're going to see Luke say that towards the beginning. I think when he sees Rey, he's not going to just be like, all right, let's get to training. I think he's going to say no. Oh, for and sure. And he's going to say, the Jedi need to just not be here. The Jedi are the cause of all this problem. And so I think a good chunk of the movie is going to be Rey convincing him to train her. Yeah. And so is that kind of your prediction on where... Okay, I guess... Yeah, that's a prediction on your story, right? That's your where you think the narrative might go for Episode Eight as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, I, think, I think Luke uh, isn't going to want to train Rey at first. I don't think... I think with everything that's happened to him with his first try to restart the Jedi, I think he's he's not hiding on this planet. He's exiling himself to this planet. Mm. He doesn't want to cause any more problems. He doesn't want to be responsible for anything else. Absolutely. So he's not going to want to train Ray at first. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that they're giving that role to Luke, uh, similar to how Yoda was whenever Luke found him on uh, Adegavah. He said, you know, oh, no. Uh, too old. He's too old. We can't. No, I can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounded exactly like him. Did it, you use a sound bite there? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that they gave that kind of aspect. We get to see it again, but in a different form and, and such. Um, so, so do you think maybe, um, maybe he's been in this Jedi temple? Do you think there's any way? Uh, being the guru that you are, um, that uh, that maybe Luke's ambition, as you pointed out, isn't to maybe make a new Jedi Order, but maybe to bring it back to something of the kin of uh, the Knights of the Old Republic, where they weren't really called Jedi uh, as the as the formal um, you know the formal way that we think of them now, but they were still you know Force users and able to you know uh, you know defend themselves with like a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what my most optimistic view would be. If, if I really wanted it to go exactly how I would want, I would kind of want Luke to try to be able to create this almost, uh, mixed bag of force users. Uh, one of the big issues with the Jedi is they're so strict and rigid on their rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. Yes. And it's, it's almost like. A temptation just to go to the dark side because of all these things where they say you can't do, you can't fear, you can't love, you can't have anger. And I, I, I don't think, in my mythos, in my opinion of Star Wars, in your head, the Force isn't two separate entities. It isn't a dark side and a light side. I feel like the Force is just one thing, and the dark and light are just two halves of the same whole. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so. An, yeah, and so in order to have the perfect, or it's very difficult to say perfect, but in order to have good Force users, you 
can't just ignore the dark side. It has to be a mixture of good and bad. Interesting. That's a really interesting take on it uh, for sure. And and I like, I think I like the way you, you kind of spun that into it. it. There is just this being, some people kind of go, go back and forth uh, in between it. Um, and now, uh, of course, uh, there's, there's theories on theories on theories. We got it. We got to ask the question, what is your pitch for who's Ray's parents are? And, uh, we'll do a little movie fights here. Uh, we'll have a little, a spackled debate. Are you, are you a, a Kenobi guy? Are you a, uh, she's a force ripple entity, a reincarnation? Where, where do you stand with Ray? Where do you think her parents are coming from? Oh, it's, that's really tough. I've never, I've never really like solidified where I think Ray is. Uh, if I could, if I could pick, if I had my opinion uh, as fact, uh, I would probably say Ray is a force entity. I would want her to be, because uh, gotcha. you would have the similar sort of arc with Anakin and just made through the force. Interesting. And it, it would, I don't want them to keep recycling old characters. If they made Ray Luke's child, it would be too similar to Empire Strikes Back with mm. uh, Vader being Luke's father and, if it was Obi Wan, uh, that would that would be okay, I guess. But I I would like to see them try to go beyond uh, <laughs> yeah. the old characters. <laughs> I agree with you on on those points as well. Um, here's my thing, and I'm going to lose the internet probably uh, by saying this <laughs> on where I stand. I I'm sick of all the. It's a mainly my problem is when people say that she's a Kenobi. I don't know why. It triggers me to to my very core. Uh, I'm on the uh, she's Luke's kid, um, and the the thing that I always say, at least from my perspective, and when people say, "But yeah, but she heard uh, Obi Wan's voice whenever she grabbed Luke's lightsaber," and I was like, "Luke also talked to who in Empire Strikes Back and in Return of the Jedi, Obi Wan Kenobi." Yeah. So therefore, your argument is moot at that point if that's where you're trying to go from. And they always say, "Like, well, she was on." Um, uh, Sky well, City, or... it, in her vision, she also heard Yoda's voice. Yeah, she also heard Yoda's so, voice, which everyone's yeah, like, so "Yeah, Kenobi." Yoda her father, or... Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, stop it. I'm like, if it's Ray, if Ray is Luke's kid, I'm not gonna care because uh, what people don't, what I guess the casual fans that aren't you know sweaty as like us, what they don't understand is Luke's <laughs> not a he's not a traditional Jedi. So it's not that. No. It's not that off to think that he had a, a relationship after, because this is so far after Return of the Jedi. Who knows? Maybe Luke did finally fall in love, and we see that in Empire Strikes Back and in Return of the Jedi. He's a very emotional Jedi, air quotes. So he's this kind of hybrid of uh, the light and the dark. He is what you would call a pseudo gray Jedi if they they technically don't exist in canon. So. No, hardcore Star Wars fans not, are not always yet. Not, not yet, yet, but they will. Um, it's kind of a pop culture term. <laughs> it's a pop culture term, but he is what you would define as a gray Jedi. He flows back and forth very much so. So I don't think it's oh, yeah. that far off for him to uh, to have had a romantic relationship, and then people will be probably be like, "Well, where's her mother?" Blah blah. blah. I was like, "No, she's dead." Okay, who cares? Like, yeah, obviously. And then yeah. it's more. It's like Luke's obviously alive. Um, how Even great in, would uh, it be if Kylo canon, killed her? Uh, in one of the new canon books. There is a book about Luke in between uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi, and there is a love interest in the book. Oh, what if yeah. bold bold prediction here? What if Kylo killed well, his well, lover? If you read the book, you'd probably not believe it, but it does show the 
fact that Luke is an emotional character and he isn't opposed to hooking up with the foxy ladies of the Star Wars universe. Exactly, man. And I think it would be great <laughs> if they somehow weaved in this narrative of Ray's mom. Kylo kills Ray's mom after she's delivered. And he's hunting down Rey because he can sense how powerful she is. So Luke scoops her up, takes her to, to uh, uh, what the hell? I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now. This is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Jakku. Jakku, thank you. I almost said I almost said yeah. Tatooine because it's the same. Um, <laughs> uh, takes her to Jakku to protect her and sa- save her from Kylo Ren. I think that would be a great narrative as well because it's almost, it's almost a vengeance quest. It's a coming to terms with how much he failed Kylo Ren. Uh, for some reason, and and it gives Kylo Ren more depth than apparently he's gonna get in this this new movie anyway. How do you like my pitch? Can I? Will you fund my movie? Oh, I like it. All right. I like it. One of my uh, <laughs> one of my favorite fan theories that I have heard about Luke being Ray's father is it ties in a lot with Kylo Ren because uh, basically the theory goes that she's Luke's daughter and she's training at the academy when Kylo goes bad. But uh, Rey uh, was one of the few bright spots in Kylo's time there. And so when Kylo Ren is killing all the Jedi and he finds Rey, he just doesn't have it in his heart to kill her. And as we saw in Force Awakens, Kylo Ren does have the ability to affect people's minds. And so what the theory suggests is that he decides to wipe Rey's mind from any memory of who her family is and or the fact that she was at the Academy. Yeah. And because of his feelings for her, he dropped her off on Jakku and left her there. And this would explain why Rey finds it so easy to access the Force and the Force Awakens. She almost does it ridiculously easy to exactly. affect Stormtrooper's mind and pull, use the Force to pull a lightsaber towards her. Yes. And then it would also make it really cool that Rey would be the last like feeling of Ben Solo within Kylo Ren. And that's why he freaks out so much. When he hears about a girl escaping Chaku. What girl? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then, and I think that theory even fits Kylo's character even more because we see that he's just he, apparently like uh, I think I think how old is Kylo? He's probably like twenty three, twenty. Like he's in his twenties, right? He's around there, yeah. Yeah, so he's still a fairly emotional character, and we see that in The Force Awakens. Like, he's still conflicted, even after he kills... Oh, spoiler alert. After after he kills Han Solo. Um, <laughs> and so I don't think it's that far off to think that while he's going on this journey down the dark path with Snoke, that he has this moment of light where he's supposed to kill a Rey as a youngling, like Anakin, but he just doesn't... He can't do it. Like, he can't bring it to himself to kill his cousin... And, and things like that. So yeah. he does the mind wipe and and then uh, gives her to Luke and they get her to Jakku so that way Snoke never finds her and turns her to uh, his side uh, and things of that nature. Um, also, poking holes in, again into the uh, Kenobi theory, uh, if, if the Jedi mind trick is an exclusive trait of Obi-Wan Kenobi, why can Kylo Ren do it? He's a Skywalker. Thank you. Yeah. Thank well. you. It's not just exclusive to Kenobi. I mean, we see Luke do it in Return of the Jedi. Exactly. Furthering my points on how idiotic the Kenobi yeah. theory is. I'm sorry, Internet. You are all stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would either want her to be a Force entity or Luke's child, because if you look at episodes one all the way through six, the story is about the Skywalkers. One through <laughs> three is about Anakin, and four and through six is about Luke. All right. 
All right. All right. So why why not make seven, eight, and nine about the next Skywalker? I I could not agree more. I that is fantastic. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get into some uh, predictions now. Other bits of news that came out about Star Wars, and uh, this is, well, it's it's not technically Star Wars by name, but uh, Disney is uh, pulling out all of their uh, movies and such on Netflix and properties uh, to start their own streaming service. Now, Disney owns Lucasfilm, as we know. So, with their own streaming service, is there any chance in your mind that you think that we get Star Wars content that's going to be exclusive to the streaming service? I think Disney would be foolish not to. I mean, they're sitting on such a huge cash cow from Star Wars where pretty much any devoted Star Wars fan will spend whatever it takes to see anything with the Star Wars logo on it. If they didn't make something in Star Wars, I would be shocked. (laughs) I would as well. And the thing is, like, these streaming services are getting out of control where I think, you know, cable, I I give cable television maybe another decade at at the most, um, because I think we're going to be moving into, instead of paying for different cable packages, you're going to start having to pay for different streaming services or streaming service packages. Because if you look at the last four or five years with CBS, ABC, NBC, all these people are going, well, let's make our own streaming service because Netflix is doing it. And then we'll get people to pay for our stuff so we can make money. So the only way that, um, that Disney would be able to get me in um, is by putting Star Wars content on there because for a long time, Disney just couldn't appeal to the boyhood audience because they had their Disney princess world in the 90s with the animated movies. Um, So to me, it only makes sense that they take at least least bare minimum their Star Wars property. I don't even want to get into the deal with Marvel stuff if they... Oh, God. Anyways... That's beside the point. Different po- we'll do. That's a different podcast. This is Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. So anyway, so yes, I think they will uh, create for sure um, some exclusive content uh, with Star Wars um, of that nature. So uh, let's let's hear your pitch. I'm I'm a uh, I'm the mouse. Oh, uh, and I want to hear your um, your pitch of what exclusive content do you think is going to earn us money by getting people to sign up for a subscription that we only offer on the Disney Channel, uh, whatever they're going to call it, the Disney streaming service? Uh, well, I actually I had two ideas when I first heard about the streaming service. Uh, one would be for an older audience. It would be a television show similar to how Marvel has done with Netflix with their superheroes, and it would be about Boba Fett, and it would be about his uh, younger days of... Basically, how does this kid, this clone, go from being some lonely kid who we last saw holding his dad's dead carcass head, in his helmet, head. <laughs> uh, and how does he go from that to becoming the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy? Yeah, I want to see him struggle. I want to see how he reacquires his dad's armor, or if it's even new armor, and where he gets all these great skills and tactics to become the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. I feel like that'd be an amazing show. That sold. That sounds fantastic. Especially, <laughs> and I think then, uh, uh, my the... other my other idea was a uh, it was to appeal to younger audiences, to children. Yes, uh, it would be uh, kind of similar along the same lines, same lines of growing up, but it would be focused on Luke uh, mm. on Tatooine, growing up on this uh, moisture farm with his uncle and his aunts, and it would be just Luke learning like the boyhood things, right and wrong, maybe seeing 
blow away some womp rats on his P-16. Maybe dealing with some salty ladies. You can learn life lessons, and it would be a good appeal for kids. Yep, maybe get him into some teenage loving, hmm? A little salty Star Wars ladies, a little bit of... Maybe. mm -hmm. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's a great pitch. I like I like both those ideas. I think uh, if I'm the mouse, I'm gonna take your Boba Fett idea because the, the the director in me is seeing a a shot, an opening shot in the pilot of where we start, where you know he's holding his father's helmet in his hands and just looking at it like, wow, Mace Windu just chopped this guy's head off. Like, no, this is my dad. And that is my father. I mean, we see a bit of him in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but. It wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough. I need to see more Boba. I agree, and I think it's a character that's due. I think, you know, it's such a, you know, the fact that it's a verb that they use to describe um, the, the, what's her nuts? Jesus, the name, the name blanks are killing me today. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The, uh, God, uh, Finn's, Finn's commander. (laughs) Finn's commander. I'm going to call her Finn's commander. The fact that they... Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, now I'm with you on the... On the name blank. I can't Captain believe it. Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma. Thank you, Guru. Um, yeah, the fact that they use that as a verb to describe Captain Phasma is is sad to me because I, th- I, I agree. I think there's a lot to be explored with Boba Fett, and they just haven't been able to do it in a way that's convincing yet. So I, if I'm the mouse, I'm going to take your uh, your pitch of uh, the Boba Fett out of your two. Awesome. They can just make it a fun bounty hunter show. Yeah, for it's sure. Taking contracts and learning, learning a different trick every time. All right, Nick, you're the mouse. We're playing this game. You're the mouse now. Uh, and I, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> All right. So here are my two pitches. Number one. I'm going to do a solo Darth Vader movie that's exclusive for the Disney streaming service. Here's the plot line. It picks up, and we're going to pull a lot of material out of uh, this the first couple volumes of the Darth Vader comic, which we'll talk about in our If You Want to Read section, um, where we see this Anakin... Sorry. We see this Vader that's still relatively new to being Vader... He's just lost the Death Star. He has to regain his trust with Palpatine. And along the way, we do a soft plug-in of some Forced Unleashed. Yeah, that's right. We're plugging it in. So now we get this We get this cool. We get Darth Vader being unreal. We get his apprentice kind of being unreal as well. And then out of that, we can spin a show called The Forced Unleashed. So that's kind of my that's a one that's one of my pitches kind of jumbled into two things separate things but a solo Darth Vader movie that we can spin off because everyone's gonna love when we introduce the 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 Force Unleashed stuff they've been waiting for it we spin that into its own kind of dark and gritty uh, mini series on on the service as well so that's my that's my first pitch and then my second pitch are you ready I'm very ready. So there is one show on HBO that I think we can both agree that people universally love and are goo goo gaga over, and that's Game of Thrones. Oh man, love it! So we're gonna go with the Knights of the Old Republic. It's gonna be an eight-part 
an eight episode. Each episode is about an hour, hour and a half. We're, we're Disney, and I know you guys got the money. I'm dropping $15 million an episode for effects. <laughs> and we're going to do this Game of Thrones-style Star Wars stuff that I don't think... I don't think the market in the box office is there yet. I know a lot of people want a Knights of the Old Republic movie like they did with Rogue One. I just, to me, even being a hard, like, I'm not a hardcore Star Wars guy, but I'm a Star Wars head myself. I don't think the market's there that you can sell and address that this is not the uh, the trilogy movies because there's lightsabers in the Old Republic. So if you see lightsabers, you're going to be confused. You're going to be like, is this, where's, where's the guy with the cape and he's got the black mask? I don't understand. I'm confused. So... <laughs> Um, like I say always to my head, if my grandma can understand what's going on, it's a good movie because she is the <laughs> she is the the definition of the general audience goer. Like I can take her to go see Spider Man, and she still knows it's Spider Man. She can follow along. She doesn't have to see anything else. If you if you can catch my drift, so I think yeah. I'm going to launch a Knights of the Old Republic. I'm going to aim it at the TV fourteen range, and hear me out. Uh, to where there's going to be enough action and drama that it will captivate adult audiences, but it's not going to be so much softcore porn like Game of Thrones that's going to turn off people from being like, wow, I can't watch the Disney streaming service with my kids. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are my two pitches. Are you taking them both? Are you taking one, leaving the other? Where are you at, Mouse? Oh, man. Uh, well, i got to start with the second one because <laughs> one of my favorite non-canon characters in all of Star Wars is Revan yes. from the Knights of the Old Good Republic. Good God, yes. And a uh, quick little throw out to, shout out to Revan. Uh, he was actually almost in the Clone Wars before it was canceled. He was in a deleted scene and it just broke my heart that he wasn't oh. canon. <laughs> oh. So close to becoming canon. That breaks my heart knowing that <laughs> so, now. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would definitely take uh, the Knights of the Old Republic. It would be great to see uh, just the Jedi armies going at it with the Sith and just rather than two Sith, we see this large scale Sith empire. It it would be really interesting to see uh, what Disney could go with it. As long as Revan becomes canon, I would take it. Yes. Yes. And then Darth Vader. Oh man, that that would be amazing to just see because a lot of people, the first time we see Darth Vader as a really big bad guy is in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And it would just be great to see him just go like we need to see Vader as this dark villain. Before the prequels, Vader was like the ultimate bad guy. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, the prequels made a little thing where now when people see Darth Vader, they see the whiny Anakin, <laughs> which sucks. Because I don't think I grew so. up before the prequels with Darth Vader filling my nightmares. <laughs> Here's the thing, I. I'm a prequelist. I will defend some of them until, you know, to the ends of the earth. And because I think what the prequels did is, yes, like you said, before we had them, Darth Vader was scary. I was scared of Darth Vader the first time my dad uh, let me watch the uh, episode four. I was like, oh, oh my God, what? This guy's got like a machine on his face. And he's got this red light. I'm, I, I couldn't. Like, I peed my pants. But then now that I'm oh, yeah, older, right now that I'm older and I've seen the the prequels, I've had time to digest it and kind of understand the story and stuff like that. Now when I see Vader in A New Hope, man, do I want to see more? I want to see like this guy is. You know, he's struggling on the inside because he's lost everything. Oh, yeah. He's lost his love of his life. He doesn't know where his two kids are. The you know he's obviously scarred. He's more machine than man. He's barely alive, and it's just. 
you feel so bad for the guy and you understand why he's just the way he is and he's just force choking people everywhere. So that's my take on Vader. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to, to ramble on, totally. but, um, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally would love to see Vader a little bit darker. So re- return to his scary villain role. Yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, the next section of this podcast is called the If You Want to Read section, where uh, we're going to give you some tidbits of literature or comic book literature or possibly some shows or something to recommend that is in the Star Wars canon, the official Star Wars canon. We're not going to, I mean, maybe we can throw some legend stuff in there if you want, Nick. It's up to you. Um, so, yeah, so uh, if you would go first with your uh, If You Want to Read recommendations, sir. Well, first I have to address the old canon. I mean, <laughs> yes. I, I love those books. I probably have hundreds of those books in my closet somewhere that I read when I was a child. Didn't we and all? When I heard when I heard Disney scrapped those books and they went with a new canon, it hurt, but it uh, also gave me a chance to try to keep up with the new canon. So, so far I've read every single book in the new canon save two. Wow. But I'm planning on reading those eventually. That's so amazing. I, I'm really excited. Uh, with the new canon, uh, the first book I definitely have to recommend is Lost Stars. It's it's an amazing book. Uh, I'm reading it again for the third time. And uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it basically takes place from uh, episode four, A New Hope. It takes place a bit before that, and it ends at the Battle of Jakku following two different characters. Uh, and the struggles they face on two different sides of the war. Wow. I have to read that Yeah, now. <laughs> uh, amazing book. Uh, the next, uh, I'd probably have to recommend the Aftermath trilogy. Uh, uh, the Aftermath, uh, that's a, a must-read for any big Star Wars fan. You hear that, Internet? It covers, oh, yeah, yeah. You hear that, read. Internet? Must-read. Uh, it covers uh, just after the Battle of Endor, and it ends at the Battle of Jakku, and it shows you how the Empire falls, it shows you how the First Order uh, is created, and it even shows you why Jakku is so important. Yeah, because I, to me, honestly, I, for me right now, I, I haven't read that book yet, so Jakku, to me, I'm like, you're a Tatooine ripoff, so I'd love to read a book that actually validates its existence a little bit. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, and all, all three books in that trilogy are really fun. You get to see old characters from the movies, and we even get to see... Uh, new characters and they create new characters that are awesome and a few of them are actually in the force awakens uh they were created in the book and they were put in the force awakens that's awesome well done all right yeah all right uh last last book i could recommend is uh twilight company twilight company follows a company of rebel soldiers in their fight against the empire and it is it's similar to how rogue one is compared to other star wars movies it's it's gritty. It's about the war, and it's it doesn't fluff up the good versus evil. It shows soldiers down in the dirt, dying by the dozens, and good fighting God. the empire. Question. Yes. Are there any vampires that sparkle in the sunlight? <laughs> that has nothing to do with Star Wars, so I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I had to because of the of the title of the book. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. That does sound that sounds really cool though. And I guess I think actually now that because Rogue One's come out, I think more people would actually uh, be interested in that because we had our our first um, Star Wars war movie, and I thought Rogue One was brilliant, and um, I would have loved to have seen both cuts of the movie. From what I heard, there was a lot of reshoots, so. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to to read those two uh all, all those recommendations, my guy. Yeah, definitely. All right, that's why I recommended them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the recommendations I have come from Marvel Comics themselves. I'm going to recommend you guys pick up for sure the first and second volumes of Vader. It's a uh, it's a it's a the comic book, and it like I said earlier in my movie pitch, I pulled a lot from that. Uh, the first volume takes place shortly after. Uh, Episode 4, New Hope, the Death Star is destroyed, Vader has failed the Emperor, and he has to regain the Emperor's trust. So it's basically Vader, which you love, it's the Emperor, which you probably love, and it's a story about Vader just demolishing people, which you know you love. So... It's oh, yeah. a it's a great book. Uh, I can't wait to get caught back up on it now because I have Comixology, um, who is not a sponsor but also a sponsor of this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that is a great book to read. Um, I've also heard that the uh, Poe Dameron comic series is very fun. I have yet to read any of it, but I will link it below in case you guys want to read it along with me. And I will also recommend that you guys binge watch the uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, the cartoon version on um, some kind of website that has it. I don't probably an anime website might have it, but I'm pretty I, sure Netflix still has it. Do they still have it for sure? Uh, I haven't checked in a while, but that's the last place I watched it. All right. Well, yeah, check Netflix and see if it's on there because I think that is that is the Anakin that we wanted to see in the prequels, um, yeah. but we didn't get because Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, poor so, Hayden. Poor Hayden. Good God. Well, at least they CGI'd him back into uh, those special editions, you know? Thank God yeah. for that. Mm. Well, uh. Apparently, in an interview, Hayden said uh, he would like to come back and be a Force Ghost in one of the new movies. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Maybe we'll see him again. It's not working, so I'm sure he would like to come back. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like, hey, I I like acting and. And I like making money in this billion dollar industry. Can I can I come yeah. back, please? Please? <laughs> anyway. Just, just stand here and smile? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can I can do that. I promise. I won't say any I won't say anything. I won't say a word. I won't say I'll just give a look. <laughs> oh, is it on the sand of Jakku? I, I don't like sand. I don't like sand. It gets everywhere. <laughs> 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 all right uh, nick uh hayden's hey, canon so you still gotta love him yeah i still gotta love him all right nick where can people <laughs> find you if they're on the internet and they want to in- interest you in some debates on star wars canon and non-canon things of that nature are you on twitter are you on facebook are you where do you hang out oh yeah i i, I dude facebook is for grandmas now let's be honest <laughs> correct <laughs> so you can find me on twitter and instagram uh let me pull up my Twitter real quick, and I can read my actual Twitter handle. That'd be good. So, cause, yeah, because other people have added me on Twitter with that are Nick Swenson, and I'm just like, who are you? <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm just at Nick underscore Swenson. That's really easy. Perfect. No and numbers or nothing. Perfect. I will link it below as well. 
Thank you. No problem. And you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jalen Holston. You can find this podcast on iTunes. It's free. So subscribe, leave us a rating, and uh, comment on what you like and what you don't like about the podcast if you want. Um, and also thank you to our other sponsor, but it's also not a sponsor podcast.com. You can do free podcast hosting and you don't have a limit on your, uh, minutes per episode or de- or the, you know, the amount of data you consume while you upload your podcast. It's a great service recently switched over the podcast to there. And that's why we're still going, Nick. That's why we're, uh, we're still here. Anywho, Nick, did you die? <laughs> No, I'm still here. Okay, I'm good. Because it was real awkward for I a minute. Was enjoying your, I was enjoying your uh, advertising. My closing plugs, my ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, come back next time. The Defenders come out next week. So, guess what we're going to be doing? Yeah, we're talking the Defenders. Hopefully, uh, oh, the regular yeah. uh, co host will be back with me and I will make that special announcement next week. I, I, I wanted to do it this week, but he went on vacation on me. So. Uh, a mystery co-host will be appearing officially after uh, this episode. So congrats to him. Uh, <laughs> Nick, thanks for stopping by. It was great talking to you again and catching up. I miss you, bud. Come back out whenever you can. I'm here in yeah, Missouri. I miss you too. Uh, <laughs> thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. Hope I can come back. Heck yeah. If there's more Star, Star Wars news breaks, I mean, I'm always down to chat up some, some Force and Metachlorians. I mean... <laughs> Don't have to just limit me to the force. I'm not just a one-track nerd. I'm just kidding. Yep. Uh, we will... <laughs> well, if you watch The Defenders, come back on, baby. We'll get you. Oh, there we'll, you go. We'll call you again. All right, baby. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good one.